The latest Bengals injury news, plus our first look at the Denver Broncos. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Stuck with me again. That's right. Stuck with me. Stuck with me. Jake Lisko on uh, injured reserve, we'll say, but uh, it's all right. We're going to be joined uh, by Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos to get a first look at the Denver Broncos. Obviously a huge matchup this weekend in Denver, both teams seven and six plus we're going to get to some injury news and my thoughts from a day at Paul Brown Stadium. But welcome into the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And just a quick reminder to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching there. And if not, hey, we're on YouTube, so you should subscribe there and follow wherever you get your podcast. But let's dive into what is going to be a lengthy injury report, I think, every Wednesday for the rest of the season. So don't fret, don't panic, but there's a lot of guys on this injury report, and I'm going to go through the main ones. Joe Burrow, obviously, going to to play the pinky that didn't get in his way last Sunday, isn't going to get in his way this Sunday, but uh, the Bengals did not play him, and it's been rest uh, along with pinky healing time, I guess, and th- that's probably the plan for him over the next few weeks here. So uh, don't anticipate him practicing much uh, on Wednesdays for the rest of the season. And the same thing goes, um, you know, for guys like Trey Hendrickson, right. As he continues to nurse that back, it seems like he's going to be good to go on Sunday, according to head coach, Zach Taylor, but didn't practice Wednesday. Other guys, Trey Hopkins, Trey Hill, Isaiah Prince were all ill and tested negative for COVID. uh, But, but certainly something to pay attention to, but uh, those guys, much like Joe Mixon last week, the Bengals, I think they do a great job of this. If you're not feeling well, stay home. <laughs> Don't get anybody else sick. Get healthy and get ready for Sunday. Uh, Riley Reef, and this is the the downside. Well, we'll get the, the rest of the good stuff. Shidobe Awuzier uh, expected to, to play this week. Trey Wayne's progressing well and, and could certainly uh, be activated this week. I know Jesse Bates, I asked him about Wayne's. He was like, hey, man, he looked good in practice last week. So another three practices under his belt could do him some good. Now let's get to the bad. And it starts, obviously we know Logan Wilson's going to be out. Uh, I would be surprised really to see him, but the Bengals holding out hope. He's not going to play this week. We know that much. But the the really bad one and the one that kind of sends a ripple effect through, throughout the offensive line room, Riley Reef, doubtful, according to Zach Taylor. And so the fact that Taylor said it on Wednesday that he's doubtful, it's like, okay, well, probably going to miss this week. Will he miss next week as well? You know, there's not much margin for error here for the Bengals. And that's something, as you look at this offensive line, I get it, Isaiah Prince, but how long is Isaiah Prince's leash? Especially with Deontay Smith working his way back. Smith is on injured reserve right now, but the the rookie out of ECU is probably, I I wouldn't, would not be shocked, put it this way. If he's activated this week, and uh, serves as the backup tackle. He's been repping at tackle, according to Brian Callahan, both on the left and right side. So just something to monitor here as we get closer to uh, Sunday's game where Isaiah Prince probably going to make his second start of the season. Don't never say never, I guess, if Riley Reef can uh, get that ankle healed, but it just feels like 
he's probably going to be out this week. Um, you're probably asking, I know one of my first questions was, oh, with Trey Hill and Trey Hopkins both ill, who was playing center? Keaton Sutherland played center on Wednesday. But Zach Taylor said it was pretty much like, and he didn't say walkthrough, but he said we'll kind of jog through the team period stuff. So it it, it wasn't like a, a hard practice. And at this stage of the season, I understand that. You want to be as healthy as you can for game days. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of little nicks, a lot of little injuries that these guys are dealing with. And I'm sure there's plenty of them that we don't even know about that are lingering that they're dealing with. Uh, one more thing on the offensive line before we get to what he said about the punt returner job. As far as uh, right guard goes, because there's been some speculation. Oh, well, will Akeem Adenogy lose that guard spot? Could it be Deontay Smith, right? Bengal Sands and I talked about that yesterday. Could it be Jackson Carmen time for what feels like the third time this season? Nope. It's going to be Akeem Adenogy. Brian Callahan talked about that, said he's earned it. And uh, I posted the quote at allbengals.com. Shameless plug there if you want to check that out. But I get it. Look, tough matchup against Eric Armstead last week. And uh, Armstead got the best of them. By the way, Quentin Spain, like uh, Bengal Sand said on on Wednesday, he he struggled too. The guard struggled against the interior of that San Francisco defensive line. And they need to bounce back this week. And we'll see if Adenogy and Spain can do that. But it, it looks like the uh, four of the starters are going to stay the same, barring anything unforeseen injury or, or health-wise, assuming Trey Hopkins is good to go for Sunday. And it's only going to be Riley Reef that's probably out uh, for Sunday's game. But we know Darius Phillips, who's on injured reserve, will be out for Sunday's game and out for at least the next three weeks with that shoulder injury. So who's going to be the Bengals punt returner? Well, the Bengals have a plan, according to Zach Taylor, but haven't finalized anything yet. At practice on Wednesday, it was Trenton Irwin, not a surprise. Puka Williams uh, was in the mix, as was Trent Taylor. So th- that's the part of it where hmm, who could it be? Who will it be? And uh, er, and by the way, it wasn't Puka. It, it was Trent Taylor, Tyler Boyd, and uh, Trent Irwin. Excuse me, uh, Trent Irwin. So um, to me, I don't think it's going to be Tyler Boyd. I think it's probably going to be Trent Irwin. And then more good injury news. Puka Williams and, uh, and Chris Evans. Maybe they battle it out for that kick returner spot if Chris Evans is good to go. Then, and he practiced on Wednesday uh, in a limited capacity as he works his way back from that ankle injury. If he's good to go, then maybe you put him back there at kickoff returner. I think he could have been the kickoff returner anyway. I kind of wanted to see him. Those that have watched it and listened to this podcast are familiar with that. And and so we'll see there. Uh, but that's certainly an option, uh, as would be uh, Puka Williams on kickoffs. Uh, as far as kick, uh, as punt returns go, I, I again, I think it's going to be Irwin. But if you elevate someone from the the practice squad, you're willing to do that. I think Taylor's probably the best on the team, the most sure-handed on the team, certainly has the most experience of the guys we're talking about. But who knows? Maybe they mix in Tyler Boyd a bit. I think he's too valuable. And uh, the Bengals wide receiver room, you look at it now, I don't think it's nearly as deep as people realize. It's a big three. And, and then it, there's certainly a drop-off. So we will see there. And we will see if this Bengals team can handle the physicality of a Broncos defense and a Broncos secondary. It's one of the best in the league. We're going to catch up in for our weekly crossover. Go to Denver next with Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos. But first, I got to tell you about Stat Hero because Stat Hero, well, they're changing the game in fantasy football. No one plays fantasy football to lose. You play to win the game, right? 
And winning feels so much better in anything you do. Well, Stat Hero is the first of its kind. It's daily fantasy sports where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. And here's the cool part. Stat Hero shows you their lineup ahead of time, the lineup they're going to use against you, and you have to find a lineup that beats it. It's that simple. Head-to-head. It's what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. And the best part, you can sign up right now for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Not 5%, not 10%, a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos is here, along with myself, James Erpine of Locked On Bengals, to preview, well, a huge matchup on Sunday at Mile High. It's Bengals, it's Broncos. They're both seven and six. And let's uh let's start with the Broncos, Sarah, because I don't know. I, I think they're just so unassuming nationally, right? They trade mm-hmm. away Von Miller. Teddy Bridgewater might be, and I'm, I don't mean this as an insult. Uh, I've watched Teddy for a long, long time since his days at Louisville, but the most boring starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and yet the Broncos are, are right here in the thick of the, the AFC playoff race. Boy, that's that's one of the nicer things, believe it or not, that anybody said about Teddy that I've heard recently. So, <laughs> no, you know, it's it's weird. You know, I think Bengals fans can kind of relate to this. Like, it's it feels like it's been forever since the Broncos have been really relevant in the playoff conversation. And of course, it's not like, hey, they're they're definitely going to make it. You know, they're still going to have to fight and and really really get after it to even get there. But man, this is a fun, a fun matchup. I remember the last time these two teams played, it was kind of a, it was kind of another odd game. Like I can't remember if it was AJ McCarron starting for the Bengals and the Broncos got taken to overtime in that game. And DeMarcus Ware did some stuff. Those that was the Super Bowl 50 season. So man, I feel like the Broncos are on a nice little streak. They play the Bengals, they get to the Super Bowl. So, Hey, we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of Broncos <laughs> fans would be excited about that. I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater or Teddy Bridgewater is capable of that, but yeah. I, I guess you never know. Let's let's start there. Why uh, why are people down on him? How is he playing? Because I got to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of Broncos football entering this week. Yeah, Teddy's been he's been interesting. I, I think the first three weeks of the season he played he played well above I think what anyone kind of expected. And of course, those games were against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars, so it, it was to be taken with a grain of salt. But at the same time, he was way better in those first three weeks than anyone's really saw coming. We kind of all thought he he'll come in be a really strong game manager, be that really boring starting quarterback like you talked about. And he was actually really good. And then the four-game losing streak happened after that. And Teddy kind of fell into the, you know, reason why department, <laughs> for lack of a better term there. And throughout the whole rest of the season, he's kind of the, – the cream has risen to the top, so to speak, with Teddy Bridgewater in terms of he is kind of what everybody thought he is. He's that type, Alex Smith type of boring starting quarterback who he's not the tide that raises all boats. That's what I keep on saying to people who are asking. It's he's not the tide that's going to raise all boats. He's the guy that when the running game is going off for 180, 190 yards, like they did against uh, Detroit, like they did against Dallas, he's the guy who's going to look good as a result. You know, you look at his stats from that Detroit game, he's got two touchdowns and like, 
you know, almost 80% completion rate. Well, the, mm-hmm. the game doesn't really tell that story. Teddy doesn't push the ball downfield. He is, you know, for the most part, he's getting the ball to, to receivers, but he throws a lot to the running backs and the tight ends. He doesn't get the ball to the receivers a lot, which has been a real point of contention, I feel like, for Broncos country lately. Especially because they've invested in the receivers. And I do want to ask you about the receivers, but the run game is obviously their their bread and butter. You got two really, really good running backs in Gordon and Williams. What uh, what are their strengths? Because I think a lot of our listeners on Locked Mangos probably have one of them on their fantasy team or are aware of it, but they probably haven't watched them much. So well, how do they use these guys? Because just looking at the stats, it seems pretty balanced. And it really feels that way too. I mean, we're, we're what is 14 weeks into the season now. So it feels like they've been almost exactly balanced all throughout the year, which is weird because you would think like the war on attrition in the NFL guys getting hurt, things like that. You would think it would lean heavily towards one guy or the other, but it really hasn't. Pat Shermer's done a pretty darn good job for all the, the faults that he has, the faults that Broncos country will find in Pat Shermer. He's done a pretty good job of splitting up the carries between these two guys and really letting them do what they do best, which is just they, they grind out tough yardage. And Melvin Gordon, to be honest with you, he looks way more explosive in 2021 than I remember seeing, you know, when he was even with the, the Los Angeles Chargers. I remember, you know, when he played for them, it was almost kind of just like a, hey, the Broncos defense is going to be able to to kind of not rest this week, but Melvin Gordon is not exactly the fast. He wasn't known for speed necessarily, more known for utilizing his size, but I, I think he has one of the fastest plays in the NFL this season. His big 70-yard run against the Giants earlier this year, he hit 22 miles an hour on the GPS. So he's been way more explosive than anyone thought. And then Javante Williams has been exactly what everyone hoped for a tackle breaking machine. Just he's so hard to bring down and he's so much fun to watch. You've seen the angry run segments on good morning football. I mean, he is, he is exactly that guy every week. It's, it's weird. Almost. He does that kind of stuff all the time, which you would think that's kind of just like, Oh yeah, Miami. He did that against the hurricanes in college football. Like he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. And then he's dragging Marlon Humphrey for 20 yards down the field. So they've been a lot of fun to watch this year, honestly. They're not the most dynamic guys in terms of making you miss in the open field and and creating that way. But, man, they are skilled backs who grind it out with their size. And they do have a little bit more explosiveness, I think, than people realize. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's going to be a huge test in this game, the Bengals' run defense versus those uh, two-headed monster at running back. But when you – uh, look at the passing game. It isn't just the wide receivers. It, and obviously the, we, we mentioned them and the running backs in that, but it's also fan. And, you know, he's, he's a dynamic tight end. He's, he's certainly explosive uh, in his own right. Uh, what should our listeners know about Cortland Sutton and, and, and about uh, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and in this group of skill players that I think is really, really talented? Yeah, what I think you your listeners should know about these guys is if you're hearing their names called a lot during the game, it's it's going to feel like the first time for us Broncos fans all season long, pretty much. I mean, they've gotten involved sporadically throughout the season, but in recent weeks, especially since the bye, it, it's been such a frustrating, just it, it feels like we're at this ceiling with Teddy Bridgewater not getting the ball to these guys. Noah Fant has, you know, he had a, a better game this past week. They finally got him the ball downfield. Finally got to see what he can do in that regard. But with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, all of these guys, and then you have the new contracts for for Sutton and Patrick. 
we just haven't gotten to see what they can do at their fullest strength. Last year, it was Drew Locke, obviously, you know, as the quarterback and and kind of trying to figure out what is the offense going to even look like on a week to week basis. And with Teddy Bridgewater, it's been so much of checking down to the running backs and so much of just shorter passing game. He doesn't push the ball downfield. It's been very frustrating from that vantage point, from that perspective. So I feel like that's that's kind of what you should know at this point. And hopefully for us Broncos fans sake, hopefully you are hearing more of their name this week. But for the Bengals fans, I mean, I think you kind of hope that it's it stays status quo and that these guys aren't getting as involved because Teddy Bridgewater just flat out doesn't like to press the ball to the outside. Yeah. And, and that's certainly going to play a big part of it. The the other part of this, and uh, I probably should have spent more time on the defense, but Vic Fangio's defense, you trade away Von Miller and yet this defense still playing at a high level. I know the secondary stands out to me. I know the Bengals very aware of what's in that secondary, whether it's uh certain the rookie or, you know, the rest of those guys back there, that's got to be the strength of this Broncos defense. But uh, what do the Bengals maybe not need to do, but what do they need to be aware of uh, going up against a defense like this in Denver? I think one big thing to be aware of, and you, you made a great point, that is the strength of the defense easily uh, this season for sure. And they've been the most consistent despite some shuffling with a couple of guys, you know, a couple guys stints on injured reserve. I think the primary thing to know going into this game is that it looks like Bryce Callahan is going to be coming back. Um, he came off injured reserve last week, didn't play against Detroit, but he was back and he's been kind of getting involved in team, you know, team warmups and stuff in the weeks leading up to this. So he suffered a knee injury against Washington a couple months ago that, you know, he's he's back from. It didn't look like he was going to be able to come back, but he adds another dynamic to the secondary to where I'm thankful that he is coming back in this game. Win or lose for the Denver Broncos, that receiver trio in Cincinnati going up against the Broncos best secondary, I feel like is just going to be a football fan's dream to watch these guys. Callahan is outstanding in the slot. So getting to see him go up against Tyler Boyd and whoever else the Bengals throw in there is going to be a treat. Getting to see Jamar Chase going up against Pat Sertan. I think everybody is excited for that. And then Ronald Darby, he's been very underrated on the other side from Sertan because Sertan has been that good to make Ronald Darby seem underrated. But him going up against Higgins, I don't know if they're going to match up like that the entire game. But mm-hmm. then, of course, Justin Simmons and, and Kareem Jackson on the back end. They're just fun fun to watch. And I feel like Justin Simmons, he's getting kind of the hype now that I wish Jesse Bates would get nationally. That <laughs> I love watching that guy play ball too, man. Yeah. So it's it's going to be fun, I think, from that, from that respect. If you're just a general football fan, like where these teams were two years ago at receiver and in the defensive backfield – it's such a drastic difference here as we sit here today going into this matchup. For sure. And and who knows, you know, strength on strength, it, it should be a fun one. I know the Bengals, they got to be looking forward to, they've been facing a lot of zone, got to be looking forward to potential one-on-one matchups that, that could happen on Sunday. Up next, Sarah's going to ask me about the Bengals and the state of the other 7-16 and 16 in Sunday's matchup. I don't know about you, but I like to be comfortable. You can't tell uh, as I wear a hoodie on YouTube if you're watching. And if not, well, I'm wearing a hoodie if you're listening to the audio version. And comfort uh, is probably your, maybe not number one, but one of your top priorities. Where's quality at? That probably is number one. Well, Stance checks both of those boxes. Fountain in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel 
the sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators, and you should check them out right now. Whether it's The Office, one of my favorite shows, whether it's Major League Baseball, NBA, Disney, Marvel, Stance has something for everybody, and they believe that a perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those that feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off right now. Promo code locked on. It's that simple. L O C K E D O N gets you 15% off at stance.com. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Will Jamar Chase win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, Right now, he's behind Mac Jones, but his odds did go up a little bit at betonline.ag this week. And with the final month of the season, maybe he can carry the Bengals to the playoffs. Certainly a chance. You can wager on that and so much more at betonline.ag. By the way, Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year. The odds, well, they're certainly in favor of Dak Prescott right now. But if you look at the numbers, and I mean the numbers like the stats, Joe Burrow stats versus Dak Prescott stats, it might be time to get over to betonline.ag and bet on Joey B winning it because he's got a chance to do just that. So whether it's prop bets like that, whether it's betting on the Bengals to handle business against the Broncos on Sunday, and maybe it's betting on my guy Steph Curry to win another MVP, three-point king, you can do all of that and so much more in one spot, betonline.ag. It's the fastest an easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And right now, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is go to betonline.ag, promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. BetOnline is where the game starts. Locked on Broncos, locked on Bengals crossover episode. Sarah Bettinger here. No Cody. We miss Cody today. And I know your co-host is also out today sick and we wish him yeah. well, but it's great to talk to you, James. It's get, great to get to meet you and get to interact with the, the Locked On community. I'm enjoying being part of this so much. Want to uh, want to ask you about some some heavy hitting topics for this game, but starting with a guy that man, Broncos country. This is one of the most Broncos country likes to get in their feelings a lot, James. And, and I know DJ <laughs> Reader spurned wow. the Broncos a couple of years ago in free agency. I see that he's doing really well, but give us. Give us the yeah. latest update on him and what he's brought to that Bengals defense. Oh, man. Uh, the best player on the Bengals defense is DJ Reader. He's been a, a game changer. It, it, you know, as much as you can be a game changer at nose tackle, I think he's done that. He's made life much, much easier on a, a young linebacking unit that uh, has overachieved and I think exceeded expectations in large part because of him. They're fourth against the run this year. Again, in large part, I think, because of DJ Reader and what he brings. And then even a guy like Trey Hendrickson, uh, who's had a sack in nine straight games. I think you have someone like Reader that's getting that push, and it's uh, it makes life easier. Not that to take anything away from Trey Hendrickson, but I just think it, it makes life easier on him as well. So I didn't know that, by the way. Did DJ Reader turn the Broncos down for, for the Bengals? Were they close to a deal? Yeah, yeah, he did. So there was a big to-do made about that in regards to him choosing the Bengals over the Broncos. And somebody asked wow. him a question about who would you rather spend the next however many years with, whether it's Drew Locke or Joe Burrow. And it, the you know the decision was kind of made. That's what I read about anyway. But I remember the I, Broncos. Actually, were... I, I, think, I, I think I remember that part now. Yeah, Because I, yeah. I think he might have mentioned that earlier this year the drew locker yeah. which yeah 
hard to blame. I get it. I get it. I get it. There's no no uh, <laughs> ill will here. So it's great to see him doing well, though. And it's great. You know, even even that kind of little thing, I take that as a victory for the front front office. You know, good good job for the pro uh, pro scouting department. But that's sure. he's been a great addition for them. Obviously, Trey Hendrickson been a great addition for them. Let's shift to the offense a little bit here, because that's where I feel like everybody, you know, like you mentioned, fantasy football with Javante and Melvin Gordon. I feel like everybody's got a bangle this year on their team. And and if you do, you're probably doing pretty darn well. So starting with Joe Burrow on the on the Mm -hmm. offensive side of the ball, how's he been coming back from that knee injury? How's he doing with the finger? What can we expect from him in this game against the Broncos? He's going to be limited uh, throughout practice, probably the rest of the season with the that, that pinky injury more so to make sure he doesn't re-injure it or tweak it and, and, and let him rest and be as, as close to 100% as possible on game day. Uh, the knee, I think he looks as athletic as he's looked, uh, as mobile in the pocket as he's looked. Uh, the, there was a, a next-gen stat, I believe, that they're the ones who tracked it. He was running 15 miles an hour on fourth and five wow. the other day when he was rolling out and he threw it to Jamar Chase in the back of the end zone. It was just a crazy play by him, crazy play by Chase to stay in bounds. But uh, certainly think he's got his athleticism back. And no, I, I think he's playing really, really well. And in arguably the best he's played all season is what we saw in week 14. And obviously it came in a loss, but he was good throughout that game. And, and the, the guys around him kind of let him down. So um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, even the past couple of weeks, week 13 against the Chargers, he played well. But there was a drop. There was, you know, that turned into an interception. There was a fumble. There's a bunch of little things that that weren't his fault. So Burrow, especially when you take into consideration the ACL, I think is playing about as well as anyone could have anticipated coming into this year. That's great to hear for for just football fans in general. Joe Burrow yeah. being healthy is good for football, and and so I love hearing that. A lot was made about the offensive line, you know, this mm-hmm. past offseason and everything, of course, and the the whole passing on Penny Sewell for Jamar Chase, and that's really working out pretty well for the Bengals right now. So yeah. uh, talk about the offensive line and how they've kind of progressed this season. Have they gotten better from what you saw last year? What's the current state of the O-line for the Bengals? It's still the biggest flaw on the team. Uh, there's no denying that, especially this week. Riley Reef not expected to play. Maybe he does, but uh, he tweaked his ankle again in week 14, and he's been battling that ankle for the past couple of weeks. So I don't anticipate him playing. So right tackle with Isaiah Prince potentially starting there is uh, is a flaw. You know, it's certainly a weakness. Um, and, and now really the whole right side of the line is a question mark. Akeem Adenogy has been starting at right guard. He's their fourth starting right guard this year. Started with Xavier Suofilo, who's on injured reserve, then went to Jackson Carmen, uh, then came around to Akeem Adenogy. You know, it's, it's just been one guy after another after another. Trey Hill started there for a game. And, uh, in, and so the right side's a question mark. The left side in, in, in the center position, we know who's going to be there. Trey Hopkins coming off of an ACL of his own. First half of the year was a, a struggle, but he's looking more and more like his old self. He tore his ACL in January, by the way. So the fact that he hasn't missed a, uh, a significant portion of this season because of that is wild. He's only missed one game because of an ankle injury, not even the knee. Um, and then Quentin Spain's been solid at left guard, and Jonah Williams has been solid at, at left tackle. So it's been a mixed bag. When Riley Reef is in there, three-fifths uh, you know, of the line are, are solid. And then when Trey Hopkins looks like his old self, it's four-fifths. But uh, on Sunday against the Broncos, it, it might not be four-fifths. It might be only uh, center left 
where you're really confident and, and then, you know, you look at that right side and there's some question marks. So certainly something that needs to be addressed this off season. I think they're playing better to answer your questions uh, question than they did last year, but are they above average? No. Are they average? I'd say slightly below average going into Sunday's game. Well, my, my final question kind of builds upon that. It, it feels like the Bengals have been able to run the ball pretty well. I mean, Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. very talented, very talented player. Some IJP Ryan's had some big games as well. Tell us why the Broncos, you know, who have had a couple of tough games against the run this season, tell us why the Broncos should be a little worried about that duo going into this game, if they should be. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, well, first things first. Yeah, Joe Mixon is, is a guy – that when they get him going next level stuff, right? The problem is, is the offensive line it's up and down and there's been games uh, where we thought that they were going to run for a lot of yards. And then they were unable to last week. They couldn't really get the run game going average just over three yards a carry, but they're supposed to get Chris Evans back this week. And I think that's kind of an underrated part of it. Uh, he's not going to light up the the stat sheet. If you look it up that, that uh, aspect of it, but he's a sixth round rookie out of Michigan great hands out of the backfield, capable pass blocker, and was really about to take off. And then he's been dealing with this ankle injury for about the past month. So that's something uh, to keep an eye on. But yeah, we know what Joe Mixon can bring. Samaj P. Ryan is, is solid. I don't think he's going to have any huge games. Watch, he, he goes out there and runs for 100 and, and, and shocks me. I just I think he's just one of those solid third down backs when you need to spell Joe Mixon. And that's the other thing to watch, Sarah, on Sunday is – I think Mixon in, in week 14 was a little limited. He was coming off of a, a little, a bit of an illness. So we'll see if he's limited at all this week. I don't anticipate that being the case. And so if it isn't, I would expect him to be out there for about 70% of the snaps, which means you got to account for him in the passing game and uh, obviously out of the backfield as well. That's going to do it for another edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. No Jake Lisko today. Maybe he'll be back tomorrow. So I appreciate you suffering through things with me. But, uh, yeah, huge game on Sunday. That was a fun crossover with Sarah Bettinger. Up next, well, we'll do our complete game preview ahead of Sunday's matchup. So hit that subscribe button. Make sure you follow wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.